episode 7 of Talking Choss is a podcast looking at the week's developments from Bolton Wanderers Football Club from the point of view of a few wise fans. I'm Chris Ida and joining me on this week's show we have Anthony and Danny. We hey. are back. Right Chris, are you well? I am well, yeah. We uh, missed you last week, yeah. Are we are we going to miss Jim a little bit this week? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right, that's fair enough then. <laughs> but he's going to be enjoying himself any on holiday yeah. with his missus, so that's going to be perfectly fine. I'm not it? jealous at any point in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be here. As I speak right now, the sun is shining in the town centre, so something is going right. Mm. Although I'm not very well prepared for the fact that we've got a deluge of rainfall coming to oh. uh, Bolton. Indeed, throughout the pretty much the whole of the country. It's been raining all summer on Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get this show off on a somewhat positive note, though, because we didn't feel very positive, did we, thinking about whether the game with Wickham would go ahead. And mm. We had all that palaver, didn't we, last Monday, where the AFL released a statement saying what they'd do about the Bolton and Berry situation. Burry's match with MK Dons got called off. And the game with Accrington this weekend, that's also a bit in the dust. Thankfully, Bolton's game with Wickham did go ahead. And even more thankfully, they had a team to put out. Yeah, it wasn't the... We were all surprised when the team was announced. But I was happy with the result, even though we got beat. This is the first time I'm going to say this. I was actually happy that we got beat. Because I think the, the fact that we actually played was a positive. And some of the young players, Zuma being a standout performer in that game, I know we lost, and we signed some players just before kickoff. Yeah, who did we get in again? We got James Ware from Norwich on a one-year deal or something. Um, Earl, he went off injured. Yeah, Josh Earl, he, I think he's on loan from Preston until January, isn't he? Yep, and then obviously Brockbank. Yeah, which is grand because we thought, well, he's going to be going the way of... Luke O'Connell of... I nearly said Dennis Politic, but I forgot he went on loan to Salford last season, hence why I ended up getting confused like that. But, yeah, Bolton managing to get a few in. Very sadly, we have said goodbye after nearly eight and a bit years to one David Wheater. Yeah. Very sad it's gone up to Oldham, Auntie, but I was saying to Danny on the phone the other day, it's good for him because he doesn't have to move house really it's close by yeah, it's not yeah. like he's having to travel down it's about so. his level isn't it he's, yeah. not, he's lost his pace now well, so yeah. Oldham's probably a good as, as much as we probably would have loved him mm. to be at the heart of our defence him and Zuma at the back who's yeah. a lot of quality on, on, on the, over the weekend I think his experience would have helped probably Zuma and the other players develop more but like I said he was like, like us as fans waiting and waiting and waiting and it probably got to the point right the season starts next week I want to play football He's been offered a club in Oldham, round the corner, not far from his house. You know what? I'm going to take up the opportunity. It's a new, new start, and I've seen the video of him and he's singing. <laughs> <laughs> he's not lost it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right then that he's gotten to grips quite quickly at Oldham, mind you. With everything going on there, I suppose he will do. But then he's going to be that old head that the younger players at Oldham are going to look yeah. to. How good it could have been if Pete Wild was still there, we'll never know. I True. suppose, but. There we are. It, it, it would have been nice to see him retire at Bolton, you know, do another season or a couple more seasons, then retire. But, you know, it's, it's up to him, isn't it, what he wants to do. Yeah, now it can be done about that. One thing we should really focus on is the squad that was announced. And this was right after 2 o'clock, just as Saturday Sport was coming on the air. We looked at the team and we had to go, no, no, don't know him, don't yeah. know him. Then you realised, my word, we've actually put a team out here. We're going to be playing a game of football. 
Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Tuma starting as well, and obviously we've given some good reviews from pre-season, haven't we, Dan? Yeah, that because he was younger brother. I keep <laughs> mentioning him, I'll keep mentioning him. Akin Fenway was in his pocket. <laughs> he was. Yeah, we kept him at bed, didn't we? It was always said that when Zuma went off, it's ended up helping Wickham more than it did Wanderers, which was a great shame because of all that hard work that had gone into it. But again, there's nothing that could be done about that. What about the other young players? Did you get word from fans who they felt had ended up doing quite nicely for themselves on the full debut as well? I didn't hear much. I said, obviously, the, all I heard was that they gelled very well. They got to grips. You could tell that they've not had much game time together. Quite a few players were getting cramped towards the end of the game, which wasn't which again it was probably another contributing to fact to the second goal the first goal Remy Matthews I don't know what you're doing mate but Ben Alwick's going to be one in your spot next week <laughs> well that depends on whether <laughs> Annick's going to be at the club by the end of August true because haven't Millwall tried coursing him over the past couple of days or something they have and they've got the end of the month haven't they with it being yeah. league one to get him on their books but like I said, the fans were in great spirit even after kickoff. Even though we'd lost to all the fans were in spirit, and they couldn't say it. there wasn't many bad words to say. And, and usually when Bolton lose, you know what the fans are like. They're like, "Oh, this, this, and this. Parking needs to go this, that, and the other." And it yeah. just felt like there wasn't really much of that. They were just happy that the game went ahead. Certain people, as we uh, heard on Saturday Sport when they called in, they were probably like, "Yeah, we should revamp the squad and start all over." But for me, can't argue with the result. I mean, First game together. I, I watched Granada reports on Monday. And they did a piece on Bolton, and one fan on there said it was the best performance he's seen in a long time. What do you think about the fact that so many players the very next day on social media were just going, I can't believe it, I played for Bolton Wanderers Football Club, this is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. You think, at last, that's yeah. what you want to hear right. and yeah. see your players doing. Talk about how thrilled and how proud they are to be wearing the shirt that adorns the Lancashire Red Rose that doesn't quite have the tan symbol on it, but it does look closer to the Bolton Wanderers badge of yesteryear, which was a very good thing when it came back to that in 2012 or 2013. But yeah, it was a great pleasure to see so many players just talking about how happy they were to be given their debut, their full debut come to think of it, playing for Bolton Wanderers Football Club. And eight players debuting. I've never known Bolton to field that many deputants in one game, albeit because the circumstances dictated so, but good Lord. And not mm. only that, that's, I'm sure that's the, like, the youngest average age squad that yeah. I think I've seen Bolton field for a number of years. We're used to playing our golden oldies that are coming towards the end of the career and a few young players in between, but... Unfortunately, we did lose Weir, as we mentioned. He went off injured. You mean Earl, don't you? Earl, yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. Um, so Earl went off early in the game, which was... a it was, it, For us, it was positive that we'd actually signed players before the game and it was announced, but then to lose one instantly, it felt like a kick in the teeth. <laughs> well, what's bad about the injury to Josh Earl and to Con Hall, who, by the way, we had gotten word in through the talking... Trotter's Facebook page what's happened to him and I think it was either you or Ant just basically said he's injured yeah, it was myself. So, yeah we, knew, we knew he was going to be missing for that Wickham game what's very bad is the fact that both of them have suffered apparently near identical ankle ligament injuries and we're not going to see them now for between two to three months 
And we knew it was going to be quite difficult for Bolton anyway in the circumstances because they have a very, very thin squad indeed. But you've lost out on a player who, granted, was only going to be around for six months but could have been that kind kind of sort of experienced player. And Connor Hall, a lad who he's been talked about a lot, but again, when it pertains to League One football and the Football League trophy and the League Cup and potentially the FA Cup while we're thinking about that, we're not going to have the chance to see either of them in great action. No, we're not. And for Josh Earl, he might have wanted to renew his contract and stay for a further six months. Connor Hall, it was his opportunity to get in the squad. Obviously, we loaned him out last season. As well with McGuinness refusing to even play mm. against Wickham, that could have been Connor Hall's opportunity to lead the line and get the goals that we're going to need whilst in League One. And unfortunately, I said it's between 8 to 12 weeks that they're both out. We're going to miss him. Like I said, we've got a thin squad as it is. Maybe we can sign a few more players now. I don't know. They've signed three before the kickoff, so... I mean, we're going to need that, aren't we? We're going to need to sign some more players because <coughs> come Saturday, if any more players get injured, which obviously we don't want to see, we're going to be really stretched. Do you think it's a bit similar to what happened on the opening day of the campaign? 17-18, they play Leeds United and Josh Feller in injury time towards the end of that match suffers. Was it an ankle ligament injury? Because we didn't see him for a similar amount of time, did we? Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't ankle ligament damage. In, in terms of Josh Earl's injury as well, I was reading up on this as well. It was like a last-ditch tackle that never needed to be made because the linesman was slow to lift his flag. So it was an, avo- it was an avoidable challenge that ah, wouldn't have had to yeah. take place, which was even more of a kick in the teeth because, like I said, with a small squad that we've got... but. It's, it's promising that the fact that three signings were announced, it's pretty strange that the takeover wasn't announced after it because you'd think, yeah, they've, they've signed three players, something must have been done yeah. to allow that to happen, and yet we've still not heard nothing from that as we speak now. Yeah, that was so strange. You, could, you would have thought the manner in which the three signings were announced, you thought, that's it, the takeover, it's, it's imminent, it's imminent, it's imminent. Now, unfortunately, it's something we've become far too accustomed to, mm over the summer thinking this takeover of the club is going to be done but it's all about the hotel at the same time yeah. if you want the club you're going to have to get the hotel as well which is smart business mm. making isn't it it's part of the EFL plan though isn't it that they had the, uh, they acquired the hotel as part of the deal so the talk is isn't it that the hotel deal should be finalised on Friday by which it should mean that the old takeover of the club ought to be done by that time, just in time for the Coventry game, which we are going to get round to mm. in a short while. But we've mentioned the fans in fits and starts. Let's give praise where praise is due right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. We saw the videos. We even posted a couple yeah. on our own social media channels again. And, well, what more can we say that hasn't already been Amazing said? It was my hairs were raised on my arms and everything. I was listening to reading it and, I, and watching it and I was like, whoa, my, I can feel my, the hairs on my arms yeah. lifting. It was that kind of atmosphere and I, I wish I was there. Let's just hope the takeover can be done before Saturday's match and it'll be even better on Saturday. And I've seen Wickham Wanderers, their social media accounts yeah. praising Bolton, yeah. their fans, and and they've, and they've put that we've set the bar high now for any fans coming to Adams Park. So... Opening day of the season, we've come back, come away with a loss, but it's felt more of a victory for us fans because we've actually got to see our team play football, albeit we didn't have the squad that we thought we would have had, but we've got a squad and it, it did look promising at times. Did you guys read into anything about Sharon Britton being there on Saturday? Because obviously we saw it all over social media, on the news. 
I guess it was good that because she's more or less seen as the figurehead now. She is. Yeah. Because my understanding is if Football Ventures takeover does go through, she will be the what chief executive, chairwoman, whatever. I think she's going to be sitting in a hot seat anyway, so she's going to be the one that's going to be getting the stick from the fans if things don't go to plan. One only has to look at her business record to know, yeah, she has a complete idea of what exactly needs to be done. She'll make the tough decisions when nobody will be willing or able to do those kind of calls that make you think, is this going to be the right thing to do? And she'll say, yeah, it has to be done. It won't come for it. Well, she won't make the most popular decisions, but then being a business isn't a popularity contest at yeah. the end of the day, is it? No, whatever works for the business is what goes forward, and if that means cutting back in certain areas, yeah. that's, that's what she'll have to do. But it was promising to see that she was there. She addressed some of the fans. She addressed the players before the game. Obviously, the free signings that were made before it. So it, it did seem like a positive step. And I said to you on Saturday Sport that because obviously the three players signed, it felt like to me that the, the announcement would be imminent. But yeah, I'm still waiting. I think we all are <laughs> still yeah. waiting. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, true. We're all waiting. Is running thin. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking about it, what was it? I thought I'd seen 1800s had been put on sale by Wickham. And it looked like there was 1,800 yeah. there. Yet the strange thing was, I couldn't ascertain as to what the final tally was, because I've got between 1,600 and 1,800. For the sake of it, we could just say 1,800 fans went to Wickham, possibly many more just to go in the pubs and clubs around I Wickham just, mm. to, just to have a glimpse and to talk with fans that I've managed to get into Adams Park. Some of them ended up having pleasant journeys down. Others ended up travelling to Birmingham. <laughs> but that was... Not mentioning any names. <laughs> but, yeah, again, you can't take anything away from it at all. The fact that so many fans went down and ended up having a thrilling time by the looks of yeah. things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we don't really need to go too much for the tally. Just, you know, the support was amazing. You know, that's all... That's all you can say, isn't it? I think with that, do you know what? I'm just going to point this out there. I think what the whoever's set them price tickets has probably seen how many fans went to our first away game at Wickham and thought, do you know what? I think because the, the pricing is similar. We're going to need to revise this. We're, we're going we're yeah. to get them to, we're going to get them kind of fans coming back to the University of Bolton with, with others because it's a home game. We can feed on how positive the fans were at that game that they're going to want to see yeah. think, and then set the price quite high to make a bit of revenue but in fact it's just caused uproar yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a joke because it's a league one season it's them prices for the championship you've got to think though we, we haven't if you look at the teams in league one we have got one of the biggest stadiums in there so the running costs are going to be higher and the stewarding and probably all that so that's probably why they're going to have to put them price up because the, the club's been running at a loss for years and that's why we're in this position where we're at now Although mismanagement has been happened in the upper ranks, this is last season though. Dan, there was a team in the championship, two big teams going head to head, and the ticket prices were like fifteen pound. And these were two top championship sides, and it's like you can't set it for twenty four, you know, twenty four pound for an adult in League One. It's it's a joke that. It's not even cheap for the under twenty threes and over sixty fives. No. 18 quid for them and for under 18s, £12. Yeah, it's still it's too ridiculous. much. It is. It is too much. It is. You're right. Especially you're trying to attract fans to come back. The, the thing is, the reason why season tickets are bought for people is to save people money over the course of the season. 
so they don't have to play ridiculous prices like that. But then they don't even announce any season tickets. So mm. fans are going to want to go to the game. And for me, how it, how it should be is if you reduce the price, I know you'll get more fans in eventually. And they're going to spend more money whilst at the stadium anyway. So you, what you're losing in terms of... You're going to get half the people at that price and you can get more people so it looks more of an atmosphere. Get the get the rally because the boys need the, the, the atmosphere. They need that because, don't forget, we're on minus 12 points. Mm. The young kids, they're going to be feeding off the energy that the fans are giving them. And if there's hardly anyone in there, there's not going to be no energy in there. And if you've got more away fans than home fans, because away fans will play that because it's, yeah. an, it's an away trip. It, that's what it is. But at home games in the League One, it's a, it's a bit of a... I mean, I kind of kind of know how they do all the ticket stuff because I've used to work there. And depending on what category it is, depending on what the cost is. So if it's like against Berry, it'll be the Cat A, so it'll be more expensive for a single ticket. So I don't know what that category is but it's still expensive I'd imagine because it's Coventry it would be Cat A yeah that's possible that's the highest price ticket I'm thinking about Coventry as well again I think I said this in the pilot episode if you think the situation with Wolves and Wanderers is bad or has been bad Look at Coventry City and you can weep for them just as much as you could do for the Bury situation mm. as well. Because, once again, Coventry City, there's a really weird thing going on between their owners, the owners of the stadium and with Coventry City Council over what to do about the paying the rent or something with the ground. And a Wasps Rugby Union Club end up owning the freehold to the stadium. Coventry effectively are tenants in a stadium that they ended up moving into in 2005. Granted, it has to be done because Arfield Road, as lovable as that ground was, they did need to move on at the end of the day. But it's just a terrible situation. What's not so bad, in a sense, I suppose, is the fact that at least they're only travelling to Birmingham to play their own matches and not 80 miles away in Northampton. But they did beat Southend last Saturday, one goal to nil. But St Andrews, it looks so miserable, didn't it? Yeah, because it's not their home, is it? It's just like when, even though Tottenham made Wembley their home, it's not their home home stadium and it's hard to try and make a home in someone else's house. It's, it's Even though it's their home ground, it's out of their comfort zone, they're not in their own familiar surroundings mm. because they know that comes probably next season. They probably won't be at St Andrews, they'll be somewhere else. So if And if they do get to go back in their own stadium, then it's it's a bit of a, a nightmare situation for them to be in because... You said you, you want to try and make it a fortress, your home ground. You want to be that's where you want to be picking points up. But if it's not feeling like home and you feel like you're playing away all the time, it's it's going to be detrimental to the squad and probably the fans as well. Have you seen how busy they've been during this summer transfer window? I've not kept eye on Coventry. I'm not going to lie. They have made 14 new signings. It's a full squad. Yes, <laughs> to say the least, it certainly is. I suppose the big ones to talk about. One of the big scorers from League One last season, Matty Gooden, who got 18 league goals for Peterborough United. They got him on Tuesday. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a recent signing. That I did see that one. And you kind of think, this is a player that Bolton are going to have to be as sharp as a tack. Just right, to Zuma. Jo- yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> if Johan Zuma can prove his worth... Just don't get cramped this week, mate. <laughs> no, that's the only thing that we're, we're asking for. But yeah, Coventry City, it is going to be a quite tough game to have to contend with. What a tie to have to start your own run against. The thing is, both clubs have had their own little trouble. They're both going to want to 
like I say, Coventry won their first game, so they're going to want to continue win winning ways. We obviously have still got the minus 12 points with a now minus two goal difference. We're going to need to change that very, very fast. Obviously, we've got this game coming up. We've got the League Cup again, and then obviously the big game, Tramia as well. If we talk about the League Cup right now, and we will save something special for towards the end of the episode, you can kind of peg the fact that this is something that was done very nicely indeed by Rochdale Football Club. And for once, we have the Bulk Wanderers Supporters Trust to thank for this. Yeah, don't... don't. Wow. (laughs) No, no, they um, did send a message saying, ahead of next week's cup clash with Rochdale, the Dale Trust are inviting all Bolton fans to uh, visit the club's Ratcliffe Suite, Ratcliffe Bars, before the game. It's the closest pub to the ground and is very away fans friendly. That's decent, that. Yeah, it is. Obviously, the the, the bottom one sports shows are actually doing something. i also seen that they obviously contacted the administrators as well, going back to the pricing strategy for this game, saying that it wasn't... They don't feel that the pricing was right. And, behold it or not, they get the talk about the tickets, actually, they, they sell, went on sale earlier this morning. Yeah, I should, just... I should point out, we are recording on a Wednesday, and the, the tickets were meant to be going on sale today, and then there was a statement released just before 9 o'clock saying we're suspending this, but we hope to release an announcement soon. And they have put it back to saying we're going to reveal stuff tomorrow with regards to the ticket sales, which... I don't know. It may or may not suggest that they're going to reduce the prices. Just I, to... I feel like they're going to revise the prices. They're going to, I think because of the amount of people that have shown outrage to the to the prices strategy, I think it's not good for them to be getting on the wrong side of the fans so early in the tenure. Yeah. If they obviously if they're the new owners, as my dad said, and he's an old football fan, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Well, it's not really the best PR stunt to have to pull, is it? That being said, at least they have had the decency to recognise. I think we made an error here. We're going to have to see what we can do just to try and get people back on board. Yeah, there's that option. And also, I think maybe they've got to that point where they said that once the takeover's done, the season ticket prices and stuff will be announced. So maybe they thought, actually, wait a minute, let's put a halt to this. Can we get the season tickets announced as well, or are they are they just revising these pricing strategies? To be fair, fifteen quid for me would be ideal. Twenty, I know it's only what eight quid less if that, but fifteen quid I think's standard for an adult in, in football. Obviously, don't forget the price of football has increased over the years, and obviously I know the lower leagues don't see much of that. But I'd pay fifteen quid. I won't. I can't say I won't pay any more than fifteen quid, but fifteen quid would be ideal for me I don't know if you two agree on that but 15 quid would be ideal for me I kind of think it would be decent if it was 10 quid for adults and 5 quid for kids and that's every home game that you'd have to go to and set a maximum price of 20 quid for away matches yes it's reasonable that sounds reasonable that to me but at the same time it may go back to something you said a bit earlier on Dan with uh, pertains to running costs yeah because the stadium, and Mick Berry had said this way back in March or April time. And Mick, if you never heard him before, but long-time Bolton Wanderers fan, ends up on the Late Show, on Andy Openshaw's Late Show now and again. But he had said, it's a ground that was built for Premier League purposes. Mm. Now, the problem is such... You remember what happened to Darlington all those years ago when they moved out of... I think their old ground used to be called Feetums, and they moved to the George Reynolds Arena, and it was a ground that had a capacity of 25,000, and they were in the fourth tier of English football. 
You're never going to fill it. No, you are never, ever going to fill that ground. And during the first full season at the ground, Reynolds resigned as chairman. I believe they went into administration as well. The bigger the stadium, the more the running costs you. Lighting, yeah. you, you've stewed in. And I think I've seen, I think I read something about Bolton that they were going to close certain stands in the stadium, so then it was just the lower tiers that are open. Which again, I mean, they've they've done that in the past. They've uh, only opened the uppers for League One matches and closed them for the obviously the trophy matches. Well, I've seen, I've seen, I'm sure I read something but, that the commentary game that it would just be the lower tier that's going to be sold and the upper tiers are going to be shut which I think is would make sense because if unless the demand was there yeah. there's no need to up the, up over the top because what you'll find is you're going to have to put stewarding up there and yeah. down there when in fact if you could have put them all in one area it's far easier to yeah, contain they are, they are struggling with stewards at the moment with recruiting them and stuff but it's not just that you put them all in the lower tier all the fans it'd be better yeah, the atmosphere. the atmosphere would be better. Yeah. Isn't there a kind of a problem, though, with the fact that the northern section of the north stand is the car's capacity stand? Yeah. And it's meant to be the very family-friendly family one, stand, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, upstairs, yeah. So wouldn't that have a bit of a detrimental impact for the fact that you would need to close the upper portion of the north stand? Because then your sponsors like car's capacities might be a bit aggrieved about that. I'm not saying that they would have nothing to do with the club whatsoever about it because Joe's a very smart man. He wouldn't. I don't think mm. he'd do anything like that. But I don't know what to make of it. I think it's going to it's going to be more down to the cost of the cost of running costs because you open that upper tier, you have to put more shooting on there, you have to put more police up there, and if you can fit them all in one area, why would you pay extra when you can? Put them all in one area. Make make use of the the space that you've got before then start yeah. breaking. And then if the demands are, then you can look at then opening that section. And then then you need more training. But then obviously with, with more, if the demands are, and you've got more fans anyway. Your income's going to increase anyway, so mm. you can start to afford to pay that extra stuff and that needs covering. But you've just said mentioned then, Anthony, about the fact that they are struggling for yeah. stewards as well. So it may mean that. That's an, another reason why they're not opening those top tiers because they simply haven't got enough staff to do that because, as we all know, they, they wasn't paid. So a lot of them have probably walked off and found other jobs now. Not that you could blame them too much because if you want assurances about what you're going to do to put food on the table, of course you're going to take whatever is the most sensible route for yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm mates with stewards and staff and stuff and they did get a letter from the administrators, the creditors, asking them for their evidence of working their matches. And a lot of them, I think, have not bothered. I think they've just brushed it under the carpet and we'll move on. Because it's right. been so long. How, how do you prove that you were at the game unless I you've know. been taking pictures and you're not even allowed to use video photography? Yeah, they've got to go through, obviously, payroll and the boss to get the evidence to send it to them so, it just so they can get like the too, wages maybe so that's too probably, much hassle yeah it does seem like too much hassle and, and it should be like it should just be a, no. an easy process if you've clocked in on that day yeah. and clocked out on that day you're getting paid Not I have to go to this person who yeah. then he has to go to that person and by the time you've done that he's gone to four or five different people yeah. just to get you, 60 quid or 90 you know, it's, it's still it's, it's still gone, 60 yeah, quid though isn't it yeah the the definitely but it's just the time's passed and they're going new owners and what about season bothered. tickets holders for last season who paid yeah. for the, for the Rainford game on the season ticket but then didn't actually get that game? Are they going to be offered some sort of free ticket? Well, for it was like that £80 box I mentioned on the pilot. You know, it's like that that's a lot of money. To wow. So there's, there is there is fans that have missed it. And I think the fans have kind of just like 
you know what, got moved on and got over yeah. that. They just they just want the season to start and it has. And we want to keep going in, mm. hopefully surviving this league. Again, that's my ideal aim. Obviously, no, yeah, I mean, you've certain fans have been going, oh yeah, we'll get promotion, we'll easy walk this league. No, it's not as simple as that. No, it wasn't like last time. But going back to obviously what we're saying with running costs, if we do go down, it's going to be a hell of a drop of, for, for money-wise. That stadium in League 2. If we go down to League 2, I guarantee that stadium will have like around two, 3,000 fans every yeah. week and it's probably worth playing the games at the county ground. Yeah. I did end up looking at the run that Bolton had in the 4th Division, 86-87. Well, that was when they got relegated. It was 87-88, wasn't it, when they ended up competing. And their attendances were quite low, three, mm. 4,000. Maybe the odd game that'd get five or 6,000 in there, but it is very it's difficult to ascertain how it would be if Bolton were to go down to the 4th of English football. Yeah, I mean... Last season they were averaging, I think, eighteen thousand, and obviously League One, I think they'll drop down to about eleven. Yeah, if we drop down, I'm thinking of if you've got a twenty-eight thousand seat stadium and you're getting three thousand fans, and they're all going to be dotted yeah. around in upper tiers, lower tiers. It's not even, isn't? Not no TV yeah. deal. No one, no. not when even when internationals on in League One, oh, we can pick a game to be on TV. They're not going to pick that game because the stadium's too big, and you'll literally have. Empty seats everywhere you I go. Mean, it's like us talking about the Berry game being on TV. A lot of people are going to want to stay at home and watch it on telly. Nah, no, no, I don't think they will. It's you Berry. don't think so? No, nah, it's Berry. It's, it's, it's a local Because a lot more people went to Gig Lane, and obviously I'll get on to that later on at the end. We had 3,000 people going to Gig Lane yeah, in the 17 season. But at the Bolton ground, I don't think it was... I, I suppose I it had that air of an end-of-season game about it, where you went... Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Let's just get this game out of yeah. the way. It's not even that as well. If you think about it, it's, if you go to Gig Lane and you look at the their average attendances yeah. and their stadium size compared to Bolton, yeah. when you when you play teams in League One and if, if we ever went down to League Two, their stadiums are a lot smaller, so yeah. it's a lot more compact and it feels more of a like a thing. But like I don't even know, to, like it I don't even know better, to say it. it but yeah, yeah, it looks better. But yeah. it, it feels better Absolutely, as well. You're all yeah. together. You're all huddled up and, and you're watching the game together. If you're in a big open stadium, it's like um, there's well, no. We saw that with Luton on Friday. You know, they've. I think they can only hold. Is it ten thousand? Ten, maybe twelve thousand. The, the atmosphere you could hear on TV was amazing. Fair play to Luton. It were a good game yeah, as well. It was. <laughs> Just imagine what could be lost when they finally make that move out of Kenilworth Road because they've been wanting to do that since yeah. the 1950s anyway, which tells you all you need to know. But, yeah, it could be an interesting situation with Bolton Wanderers as pertains to the stadium. But, again, I fear we're jumping ahead of ourselves yeah. a yeah, fair definitely, bit. Yeah, definitely. We've played one match this season. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But, like you said, we played one game. The fans were great. Yeah. We can only give high praise for the actual players that actually played that game, even though, like again, it was a loss. It feels weird to me because it's a loss, you know, on the field then, but I actually don't. I feel I like... I mean, you said on Chris's show on Saturday, you posted on the Facebook, didn't you? At least we played. Yeah, the final yeah. review, it's yeah. Like, it was, yeah. It was literally, I'm happy that we just played it. And you can't wait for the next match, and I can't. Forget the result. It, it was just about actually seeing us play, getting the team together, and, and knowing where we're going to at, going at. And from what we've seen, although we did get beat, it looked positive. And I think yeah. after a few more training sessions with each other and a few more games when they found their feet a few little additions here and there I think we, we will do well I think we will avoid relegation and I think we will start picking 
picking up results. I think the main thing is for me is obviously McGuinness. He's obviously shown his true colours. So we're going to need a striker as well because Conor Hall's injured. So we're going to need to find someone. We were looking at Chen Evans. He's now officially signed for Fleetwood. So that's not going to happen. We mentioned it on the show, didn't we? No, I don't think we did. But it was made official yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, that was that again. He's now signed for them. So there's no striker there. So we need to find someone. I was always thinking of Danny Roth. Yeah, I keep mentioning it. Times is this obviously, now? I'm going to mention it until we sign him. Um, obviously, Deutsch would have been all right for us in this league. He's obviously playing in Scotland. So that's him out the question. I was going to try and suggest Danny Warburton from. Well, he was at Stockport, now he plays for Fylde, so that one's completely <laughs> gone out the window. I, I was even looking at Freddie Ladapo at Plymouth, but he's obviously at Rotherham and he scored this weekend. It's a nightmare, but yeah. There will be strikers out there that probably will want to chance around with Bolton and make a name for themselves. And don't forget, we've not had a striker that scored double figures for a number of times, so mm. for, for a striker to come in and score five or six goals for Bolton, we'll be happy with that because... Yeah. You just never know. We could end up by accident or through sheer luck unearthing the next John McGinley. Because mm-hmm. Bolton were a third-tier side when he joined the club in '92, and over the course of the five years, well, he's still based in the town, still works <laughs> very heavily with the community trust, still manages to participate in charity boxing events and win in the fights as well. And he's still a fan favourite. They still, yeah. still sing yeah. his name. So, yeah, you know what? You, you, we couldn't earn earth and salt. And Dennis Politic looked all right. Well, I think... I know he played his matches in the conference last season, but again, at least he's got some minutes under his belt playing some senior football. Yeah. So I suppose for us... As Bolton fans, it can only look positive moving forward. It can't really get any worse than what it is, really, can it? Let's be serious. Mm. I think we've gone past the the days, and again, as, as we say on every single podcast, the the takeover is imminent. It ha- well, it has to be because it's coming to was well, we're in August. Obviously, we've got to the end of August mm. to officially sign players. And that's if the EFL approve them, which I think they will because they know the state of affairs that yeah. we're in, and they want us to play, fulfill our fixtures. They're saying they're working hand by hand with us. They're saying that with Barry as well. I think Jordan is is the old Crystal Palace chairman. Yeah, he's yeah. He's supposed to put some money into Barry, according to a guy I work with, Johnny. He is a real Barry fan. Chris, you'll speak to him soon. Yeah, I will. <laughs> that's going to be quite a nice conversation, I think. Yeah, but in far as far as Bolton are concerned, Coventry City this weekend. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, a home win. Nice to get a, get the three points underway. I'd be happy with the same starting lineup. Yeah. Obviously, minus obviously the key injury there. But I think for McGuinness, will he play? Do you reckon he'll play, or no, do you think it's I that's him think done? So. I mean, what what did you make of him not getting on the ball stop? <laughs> that was very poor. I think he had all the time in the world to leave. Like you said, Alkowski, he, he yeah. handed it in early. He chose to leave early. And did leave, yeah. and this, and this is what I'm saying. Players that wanted to leave, they handed in the notice in early, and, the, and that was at the beginning of the transfer when, well, just after the season ended. He's no. waiting until all the way till the day that he gets paid some wages and goes, you know what? Actually, do you know what? I'm mad enough. I don't want to play for you. Yeah. What kind of insult to injury is that? It's it's low. Yeah, he couldn't, yeah. he couldn't have got any low, but maybe he didn't want to leave until he got paid, and then now that he's been paid, he's happy to go. Do you know what? You've given him money, but then surely to me. If you've got new owners in the club, they've got to be having a word with him and saying, "Do you know what? This is our this is our future plans. You're part of our club. We want you to lead the line. We want you to be our prominent goal scorer for this season. We want you to help us stay in this league division. And if we do, and we, if we do by some miracle manage to push for playoffs, then we want you to be our key, a key man. 
someone should be having that conversation mm. with him. Obviously, it's not down to Parkinson because Parkinson's probably had numerous conversations saying, yeah, you'll get paid this week and then it never happens. So for me, the players have probably lost trust in what Parkinson's saying, even though he's only getting a message. I think someone who, like Sharon Britton, if she was, yeah. game, she should have been having words with him and saying, do you know what? This is the situation. This is this is our deadline. It should be done by this day. We want you part of this club. And if then he doesn't want to be part of the club, then let him go. Yeah. But no, no one's doing that. They've just let him get paid and then let him have his spit his dummy out and then that's it. Mm. Parkinson's going, oh, I don't know if he'll play again. That's not good enough. Yeah. I think is it affects his like, morale and stuff, doesn't it? And it'll bring everybody else it down in the camp. Parkinson's and it's just plans like, moving forward. He's, not what we need He's at the our moment. player to lead the line to be our striker and... He's refusing to play now. Yeah. We've not got a big enough squad as it is. We need every player that's on the books, and Definitely yet he's not. the one that's going. I was my dummy. Here. And what happens if all players want to do that and lead yeah. by example? Do you know what I mean? He's just a, he's, for me. He's shown his true colours, and I think a lot of the fans now have just you know what? We've gone through all this rough patch. We finally seem to be going out of it, and then you, and then you go and then God took another spanner in the work. What, we don't want you at the club, and that's and that's yeah. what and that's all. And, and through the social media accounts, through the sports clubs, that's what I've been reading. You've shown your true colours. You don't. We don't want you there. We want people who, as you said, Chris, the players were tweeting and showing pictures of how proud yeah. they were to play for the club. And he's sat there going, "No, I don't want to play for this club because I didn't get paid. You've just been paid. Get on with your job." Mm. What? Well, sorry, Chris. Sorry for the. Now I was going to ask, and Dan's provided his prediction. What's your take on the game this weekend? Well, obviously, I'm hoping for a win. It's just who's going to play. You know, I'm hoping he'll play Ostuma. Jason Law was uh, captain on Saturday. We you all right with that decision? I lads? was fine with that. Yeah. I find he's a, in it, one of the experienced players in the dressing room. It would make sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of them. Actually, t- take that back. Zuma is the new captain. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Get Phil on form then. Do you know what? I think he's better than his brother. If he turns out anything like his brother, then yeah, we've got to play around, and yeah. we can't let him go on a cheap because he looks like a player that could do very well for Bolton. Yeah. I think it's helped a little bit that he's managed to adjust so well to English football simply because his brother has been over here for a good number of years, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got a decent player in our hands and last thing we want to do is like we let Luca Connell go off for next to nothing yeah. again. He came he came at the wrong time for Bolton because if we were in a better financial position, I think we could have got a lot more money than what we did get for him, although Celtic did pay more than they needed to. Which was good of him. Yeah. It was just how it all come about as well as we touched on the other podcast the other week having his picture there and it was just like yeah, taste, wasn't it? it was just like hmm. what did you make of the uh, kit they played in on Saturday I liked it <laughs> to be fair you can't go wrong with that it, 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 do you know what I think it looks better without a sponsor and I know for some reason kits seem better without a sponsor on. Yeah. I know the sponsor he, he brings money in but for me the kit looks far better without a sponsor yeah. on it is a bit of a shame they couldn't have done what happened with Huddersfield and Paddy Powell where they did <laughs> well that, that was the brilliance of it they yeah. released that horrible looking kit and then they actually revealed ah we got you as a matter of fact yeah. we're going to sponsor Huddersfield not to have a sponsor on their kits and as a result, Huddersfield's kit actually does look quite nice. Yeah, and it was, it was a good PR stunt for him, and it worked, and everyone it got everyone talking about it, and everyone talking about their kit and Paddy Power, and then they go and drop that and go, got you. <laughs> it was a good advert as well, showcasing Huddersfield, and I think two or three other clubs not having a sponsor on their kit. Save our shirts. It's yeah. brilliant. Now, Bolton could in some way, shape, or form get involved with that, all of a sudden, it might get a few more eyes on the club and mm. who knows, attract potential sponsors and advertisers. 
Yeah, I don't get you don't have to have a sponsor on the shirt. You can have a sponsor around the ground on the advertising yeah. boards. I know you want it on your shirt because obviously you're on TV and whatnot and people are going to see it. But when I see teams sponsored by betting companies, I don't think automatically go, do you know what? I feel like I need to go bet with that company. Or I see Vauxhall yeah. on the front or Chevrolet in front of United shit and stuff like that. Go, do you know what? I want to buy a Chevrolet. Or same with City. Oh, I want to go on Etihad Airways. I don't, I don't think like that. It just looks like a bunch of writing on a kit, which doesn't I need to be I think really there. you should have local companies. Yeah. Like we had the obviously University of Bolton on once. Yeah, didn't that's we? Right, yeah. It was like should have Bolton FM. Yeah. <laughs> I know we talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, but hopeful that will one day yes. be the case. And well, we are approaching the end of the podcast and as we normally like to do so, we like to revert back to what happened towards the end of last week's episode where you were looking for your favourite League One memories from the previous campaign, yep. sixteen seventeen, and well and what did you get? Yeah, well, I put on Berry versus Bolton, the 2-0 win at Gig Lane because of, uh, obviously, Zach Clough's penalties, the atmosphere. I was there on the night as well. It was amazing. It looked amazing on telly, didn't it? really it? was. And we've had quite a few responses. Matthew Molyneux has put Port Vale away. Easy. Yeah, that last game of the season... Away game of the season, I should say. When we jumped the gun, <laughs> ran on the pitch. Well, you could understand, couldn't you? Yeah. Just how extraordinary it was, because it was a bit of a poor game, wasn't it? Right up until we headed the ball in, and then all of a sudden you realised this is real. We're getting very close to automatic yeah. promotion. And Bolton won that game. If it weren't for a last-minute goal for Fleetwood in their game at Chesterfield, I think it was then Bolton might have ended up getting uh, uh, promoted one week early. As it turns out, Joshua O'Donnell's favourite memory, the last yep. game of the season against Peterborough, which they won 3-0. I, I, I agree with him. You agree with him? I, I remember, I, remember uh, I was absolutely shit-faced. Really? Yeah, we were sat right at the front. We was near the advertising, but, and uh, it was just like, we were all jumping over, really, and the stewards going, get back, wait. Yeah, you're not, yeah I was doing that on telly, going, get off the... <laughs> they, they were like, they were like um, no encroaching on the pitch, so you'll feel face prosecution, and the fans just started started chanting, singing, when the White Scott were on the pitch, and it, in the atmosphere, was we were just waiting for that whistle, and yeah. the whistle went, it was someone in the crowd, and every, everyone ran on the pitch, going, yeah! It wasn't even the full-time whistle. It were, I don't even know, it was some of the fans, and then we had to go back, and then eventually the final whistle went, and the, the the steward that was stood in front of us, he just went, you know what, yeah. he actually moved the advertising board so people didn't <laughs> trip over so we could all go on the pitch. And it, it was like, like I said, the fans being on the pitch, it's a great, like you said, the fans were just loving the fact yeah. they were on the pitch. And yeah. at that time, they were, they were our heroes. And then obviously they came down to the town hall on the steps mm. with that trophy that means nothing that second place trophy I never get never understood why you get a trophy for oh, second no, place. I said that on Sky as well didn't they like, <laughs> why, why are they getting medals <laughs> I enjoyed that mainly because Bolton FM got to do a bit of a broadcast from it ended Ooh. up being quite a nice special show that evening mm. what was the most striking thing about it when we were on air we were about to do that point where Amir Khan comes out and he goes ladies and gentlemen Amir Khan then we go to a song, and thank goodness we did, because the crowd very quickly turned on Amir, and yeah. ended up um, wow. shouting several obscenities to him, and we could have lost our licence to Ofcom as a result of that. Yeah, which wow. would have been a nightmare, that would have been, well, would have been a nightmare, we wouldn't be sat here right now, would we, boys? Uh, but yeah, that that for me, obviously, is long in my memory, and yeah. well, Elliot, what I can remember it anyway. <laughs> Elliot Wilson's Port Vale Away was the most limbs I'd ever seen. 
until Wilbraham scores. Yeah, that's fair enough. Isn't sure, it? Yeah, that is a, that is a point. Aaron Wilbraham. It's still in my head. You know what I mean? it's, never, it's never ever going to leave my head. <laughs> I, I was singing it for weeks. I've got to be honest. Mine came right at the very start of the season. Sheffield United at home. I think I was on air and. Do you know what I've done beforehand? I usually do this thing on Saturday Sport where I pour, I just think it's going to go for the Whites with whatever fixture they got, win, lose, or draw. I ended up putting win, lose, lose. I think because of the previous campaign being so miserable in the championship, I'd yeah. forgotten to put draw next to it, and I ended up getting a bit ribbed on social media as a result <laughs> of that, which was understandable, but... Jay Spearing, what a wonderful little goal that was to yeah. kick off the season. And the fact Bolton won, and it was so straightforward as well, that game. I never would have guessed that Sheffield United would have gone on to hit the heights they did because it's worth remembering they started that season very badly under Chris Wilder. I thought that as well. It was like they were a late surgeons, weren't they? And then obviously it was between us, Fleetwood, Scunfall. I think Bradford were there at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it, it just, they kind of started drawing games. We maintained ours. Well, then Sheffield United were just winning, and then obviously look where they are now. They've graced in the Premier League, which is fantastic for them. Obviously, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum where we've yeah. gone up, stayed up, come back down, but the club was in a mess, and I think now, hopefully, when the takeover does eventually go through, we move forward, we progress, and then if, and I'd say in a five, I'd say five to ten years' time, we could see ourselves in the Premier League. You don't want to rush it, mm. do we? No. no we, we, do think, wanna, we do want to rush it because we want to be there now, but... I think as you said before, Dan, avoid relegation this season, have a season in League One again, and then... I'd have two seasons. I'd have two to three seasons in the third tier. Just build up. Just rebuilding your club properly and giving these young lads that are going to be the future players of Bolton the experience that they're going to need. And it... Because although this league now, with the teams that are in it, the Sunderlands, the Portsmouths, even though they both didn't pick up the necessary results they wanted at the opening day of the season, who were favourites to go up, they are big testing their, on their own right, and I think mm. there is some big teams in this. Ipswich being another one, Rotherham, they, they're going to be coming up against teams that are destined to go up. And I think if they perform well against those teams, we're going yeah. in for a good season. I mean, I've, I've heard in the past, like, you know, you've got to hit the lowest of the low to go to the high. You know, look at Manchester City, they were never a team that were winning things week in, week out. They did go down, and yeah. if it weren't for Paul Dickov's goal in that thing, they wouldn't be where they're at right now. And I think yeah. Bolton are waiting for that moment. We thought it could have been with that Aaron Wilbraham, but <laughs> it's not. But it will it will eventually happen and we will we will in, in a few years' time get to the place that we need to be and this what's happened now, we'll all forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Thinking about what's lying ahead over the next three months, I can foresee Bolton going to a non league team in the first round of the FA Cup. We won't jump ahead too far to that because I'd sooner talk about the fact that this time next week, they will be starting their League Cup campaign when they go to Rochdale. Mm. And I think this leads us on very nicely into the question set for next week. When we'd like to know, what are your favourite memories of the League Cup? There are going to be two very obvious ones, reaching the final in 95 in 2004. But if you've got other favourite memories from the League Cup down the years, we'd like to hear from you on Talking Trotters. And, well, the usual channels do apply when it comes to social media. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash Talking Trotters. You can tweet us at Talking Trotters. And then finally, if you want to email us, it's talkingtrotters at gmail.com. But that's it for this week's show. Good night and God bless. Yeah, thanks for listening. Good night, Vienna.